The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. This is the show that brings you a psychological perspective on common and current life issues. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Hi, thanks for joining me on Psych Up Live. It's Valentine's Day and our show today is a tribute to singles. Our guest is Sarah Echo, author and one of the contributors to the modern Love column that appears in the New York Times. Sarah is going to draw upon her poignant and important book, It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons You're Single, which evolved from one of the articles that she had posted on the Modern Love column. Her goal is to debunk the myths and the blame that society, family, friends, grandpa, social media, and self-help books insist are the reasons why you're still single. In addition to the book, It's Not You, Sarah Eckel has written essays, arts criticism, and reported pieces that have appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the BBC, Boston Globe, Psych Today, and many other publications. She lives in Kingston, New York. We are fortunate she's literally doing this show with us while she's on the road. Sarah Eckel, it is my pleasure to welcome you to Psych Up Live. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Okay, Sarah, let's start by um, having me ask you, what made you write this book? Well, um, I spent many years of my, I've been a freelance writer for uh, now about 20 years, and um, I spent a lot of years writing service-type articles for uh, women's magazines, sort of how how to be happier, how to be more relaxed, how to... Um, just how to basically solve certain problems. And and I got a lot out of writing them. There was a lot um, that I enjoyed by doing them. But one thing that kind of kept up, I I was single um, and did not want to be. I had broken up with a boyfriend when I was 31. And um, the years were kind of kept going. um, And I, I was never quite finding that relationship that I wanted to find, even though Writing for women's magazines gave me a lot of opportunity to explore the various things that people say to single women about why they're single. You're too picky. You're too desperate. You're, you know, you need to put yourself out there and all those different things that that people say to single women about why they're alone. And I just, you know, I was always very earnest in trying to really figure this out because this was something I really wanted and um, at a certain point, it just really dawned on me that there was so much of advice out there. A lot of it was contradictory. And perhaps the only reason that I was single was I just hadn't met the right person yet. And that maybe right. there wasn't some terrible flaw inside me. Um, so I, um, and then a few years later, I did indeed meet my husband. And, and we've been happily married for, um, I guess it's nine years now. Um, so, and that just kind of, even though I didn't have all of the great 
relationship experience that I thought I was supposed to have because that's another thing is like once you've been single for a long time you really start to feel like I don't now I also don't have relationship skills <laughs> right um, you know so so I um and 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 then it just turned out that no I just maybe I'm just kind of a particular person and I just needed to find my particular person and for me that just happened to take a lot longer so I um I wrote an essay um, that I submitted to the Modern Love column. I've written two. The Modern Love column is, I think, at this point, like maybe 15 years old. I've written two in those. You know, they had it's a weekly column, and mm-hmm. and um, I was very fortunate to be able to write um, more than one. It's it's actually fairly rare to do more than one. Um, but um, so I um, submitted that first Modern Love column, and um, it after it ran, the response was just overwhelming I got emails from all over the world about um, people who struggled with the exact same thing and people who were just very sweet lovely people and but they and they were single and they didn't want to be but they um, they just hadn't really quite dawned on them or maybe it did dawn on them but they needed a little bit of affirmation that um, you know there wasn't anything wrong with them they just they just hadn't quite found the right relationship yet. And was it, and what you say is both men and women responded to this piece that you did in Modern Love. Yes, both men and women responded, um, and 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 um, gay women and and gay men responded. Um, it was it was it was mostly women, um, but there were definitely a lot of men, and, and and I got some also some very nice emails from married people. I remember one a, a married man said to me, you know. I, you help me understand my my sister-in-law a little bit better. There were people mm. who, who realized, you know, I really haven't been been fair to this person. Um, and just because I met my spouse when I'm in college doesn't mean I necessarily know everything there is to know about relationships. Wow. So, um, so I got yeah, I got a lot of really lovely responses from from all over, men and women, um, all sexual orientations, and um, so that that really um, said to me that that. There was there was just more to say on this topic. Great. So now the twenty seven. Your book is divided up into twenty seven chapters, each of them describing one of the wrong reasons yes. society advances for singles being single instead of being in a relationship. How did you get that twenty seven number? Honestly, I just wrote all the chapters, and um, when it was it was over, we just counted them. It, the, the, <laughs> the um. We did. We did. We. It took a while for us to come up with the subhead. We, it came. Actually, we didn't have the title right away, even though that was the title of the modern love that kind of inspired it. Um, it. Uh, I think one of the the editors at um, Perigee came up with that subhead. Um, the twenty seven wrong reasons you're single with wrong in parentheses. Right. Um, <laughs> so it was really. I think at one point it was twenty nine, but then for some reason we we lost two of them so um yeah there was really no there's nothing special about that number okay well let's start taking a look at them now you said one of the overwhelming favorites was you're too picky yes i think that that was one of in terms of when i was doing the research and when i was interviewing women about what they heard from others about why they were alone um that was the one that i heard the most and i think the reason that women hear that one a lot is because it can come off as a compliment in a way because what your friend is saying is um, 
clearly there must be tons of people who want to be with you. So clearly the problem is not that that nobody, you know, wants to date you. Clearly you have lots of options. So there is a way in which it's a very of the reasons it's 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 certainly not the worst in terms of like of the things that 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 people say um there there is a there is a good intention i think behind it when when people say that but um the example i use in the book and um my friend uh a good friend of mine who is who is now i think she met her husband about 6 months after i met mine so so she is um uh, she met a wonderful guy, and they're married, and she's living with him and and, and their um, his son. Um, but she was talking about going on a date with a guy, and it was just kind of a lackluster date, not very exciting. And then he ordered on the date, he ordered a Shirley Temple, which she just thought was kind of odd. And so afterwards, she was telling a friend about it. She was, and she she mentioned the Shirley Temple, and her friend got really mad at her and said you know, he could be the love of your life and, and you're just dismissing him because, because of the Shirley Temple. And she's just like, she realized, no, that wasn't it. Like there was something intangible that just wasn't happening between us that, you know, the, the, it, it wouldn't have mattered if, you know, if, 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 if her husband had ordered a Shirley Temple on their first date, she thought it might've thought it was a little odd, but she still would have dated him. But at the time, um, it just seemed like this, indictment of of her character and her pickiness that she kind of was was talking about this and I think that that's something that gets really confusing a lot is that you go on a date and something weird happens like the guy just like drums his you know he 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 uses silverware as a drum or as drumsticks on the table or something just odd that happens or um and you tell your friend about it and then they say oh come on that's not a deal breaker and it's not but that's not the actual problem. Right. That wasn't the actual problem. Um, so I think that that, and again, it's like friends just, they're, a lot of times your friends are just as confused as you are. And they're just like, but she's great. And why wouldn't she have a relationship right. if she wants one? But so, one, of, one of the things that I think that you capture in that, in the Shirley Temple or the drummer is what you're suggesting. Sometimes, you know, you click with a person and you know, when you don't, and mm-hmm. you know, authentically when you do. And if that guy's wearing cowboy boots and orders chocolate milk, it won't matter because right. there was something about him. So, but to tell it the story, it becomes a metaphor for he wasn't right for me. But as you're saying, people start to pick it up literally and blame you for being picky. Right. Um, so here, one of my favorites and the one that I've heard people um, take issue with is you don't want a relationship. Because mm-hmm. if you wanted a relationship, you would have a relationship. And we're from a culture that says just do it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's it's almost along the same vein of it, that you that is that it, that, it, that they're they're saying on some level that it's your choice, and that's true in the sense that you're not you 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 don't want to settle. Um, and, and but I think that sometimes that can also have a you know you it can have a tinge of like well you're just too selfish and you're into the little world and you're you're and you, you know you're you're too um you, you don't want to compromise at all and, and and I don't think that's it at all and um I, you know there was a book that came out shortly not long before mine called marry him that talked about women who truly did have like ridiculous standards 
And um, that's a problem, but I, I just never saw that among my friends. And, and um, we, um, we would sometimes, again, the same, my, my same friend Caitlin said, you know, the only thing, you know, I don't care. He doesn't need to make a lot of money. He doesn't need to drive a fancy car or all these things that people say. Uh, she said, he, I, he just needs to be someone who delights and surprises me as much as my friends mm. and that I also want to kiss. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, yeah, that's it. That's right. That's um, and, and but unfortunately, that can be a tough bar. But yeah, it, that's different than um, so than just saying um, you, don't oh, want to you don't want it. Yeah, it's like yeah. you don't want it with anybody, I think, is the is the main thing. You don't want it. One of the things that you brought out in that chapter that I think is worth saying is half the population is now single. Right. Some by choice. Uh, we had um, Dr. Bella DePaulo De on the mm-hmm. show and her book, you know, Singles a Stereotype, Stigmatized and Ignored, but they're living happily ever after. There are some people who don't want a relationship and that's mm-hmm. that. They're fine. And then I liked when you said that maybe there's something right with you. Maybe you don't want to settle. And maybe it's okay to wait. The stats show that when women wait, they often end up divorceless in better marriages. So the whole idea of, you know, society saying what's wrong with you, you're not in a relationship, it must be you don't want one. You really take it upside down in, in that particular one. Yeah, I remember when I was once, I, there was one time I was out when I was single and I was out with some friends who were both talking about their partners and frankly, they both sounded awful and um, and they're no longer with these two men now, but it was at least they really sounded awful. And I remember walking home and thinking I would never be with either of those people and they shouldn't either. And I just thought maybe, maybe there's not something wrong with me. Maybe it's just that I'm just, just playing it right to just wait until mm-hmm. um, rather than just having all this, incessant drama with some someone who it's just never going to quite work with I mean, I mean some people work things out and it's not that but um yeah I, I think that and and the data as you say shows that um the longer you wait to marry the more likely that marriage is to last mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um one of the things that people report to is it can get exhausting if you feel like you have to keep trying and trying and trying rather than giving yourself the privilege of waiting and taking it at your own pace and choosing who authentically really connects with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also found that for me, one thing that really helped was not talking about it so much because I realized that part of the reason part of the reason we get all this feedback is because we ask for it and we're talking, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's high on our minds and we talk about it with our friends. But I realized that if I didn't talk about it, um, but just allowed myself to just rely on my own judgment, then mm. A, I didn't have to get the thoughts from others about what, um, you know, you know, to get that feedback. And I also, um, yeah, it gave me a little bit more emotional space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, it, it really allows you to hone in on your own authentic self and someone and who really does connect with that person rather than someone who connects with your sister or mother. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, we're, 
we let's start this one. Um, we might have to take a break, but one of the things that I have heard in my office said by people or said about people is you should have married that guy in high school. Mm. You should have married that woman. She loved you. And I love the your quote. The father is saying, he's a nice guy. We love him. He loves you. So what the hell is the problem? I mean, we've seen it in sitcoms, but it's really very true. And often they get the response, you love him, dad, you marry him. (laughs) Right. You know, so, but the pressure is on, but it does bring in with relationships, much as it does with careers, with many other aspects of our life, the second guessing and the regrets that really mm, look at the past, but you know that expression that um, things in the rearview mirror are going to appear larger? Mm. I think it's worth saying, you know, memories of people in the rearview mirror, they're not exactly the, the way they really were. And there's a reason that the guy in college who had to be the clown at every party, you had a hunch might not be the person for you. Yeah, and I think you also have to, to, to honor where you were at the time. Like, even right. if that person would be right for you now, he wasn't right for you then. And um, so I think it's really important to just honor where you were at that time and not feel like you're going to be punished because you turned down a nice guy 10 or 15 years ago. That's so, so important. And the other thing you mentioned, which really fuels this regret thing, is people checking people out on social media and seeing that guy with four kids smiling. Mm. Because then the myth is that, oh, he really was father knows best. What did I think? You know, so what what we're saying is mm, we still don't know if he's father knows best because every every Facebook page is a brochure. We don't really know how this guy is or how he, he how it would have worked out together regrets are mostly fantasy yeah i i heard someone say don't compare someone else's outsides to your insides that, oh, that you've no right. idea what that what that means yeah it's true listen we're going to take a break you've been listening to psych up live and we're speaking with sarah echo calmness and the author of it's not you 27 wrong reasons you're single She's debunking myths that society holds as reasons that people who want relationships are still single. Stay with us. Much more to come. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Experience the joy of living, not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio, every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live, and I want to underscore that suggestion. If you'd like to call in with a question or comment to Sarah or myself, Please do at 1-866-472-5788. We're here with Sarah Eccles. She's the author of It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons, You're Single. We're really looking a little bit close at the myths that society holds, why people are single when they really want to be in relationships. Sarah, let's take a look at the one that is really um, very, very common, which is you're not in a relationship because you're too negative. Yeah, um, that was something that I used to hear a fair amount. It And um, I think uh, it's it's a general idea that uh, it's, it's not surprising that people say you should, you know, you go on a date, you should be positive, you should be cheerful. And that makes a lot of sense. Of course, you don't want to just walk into a date you know, just complaining about an an operation you just had or or just telling you to just downloading about your awful day. There's a certain amount of uh, just the way you would meet any new person in your life. You don't want to just be immediately this just very miserable person across the table. But one thing I noticed when was that uh, when someone is so religiously tied to this idea of being positive, it can get a little bit dull after a while. I mean, some people might like it, but I actually would prefer that someone just was themselves rather than tried to um, tried to sell themselves. And I think that was something that, that I, I, was, I, I was studying a lot of Buddhism at the time, and so that kind of helped me think about um, just bringing my authentic self to a date which, again, doesn't mean downloading about every grievance I have, but also not trying to kind of cover it up with just like, yes, I'm so happy. My life is so wonderful. And um, I read a really great book um, by Oliver Berkman called um, The Antidote, which is happiness for people who can't stand positive thinking. <laughs> and he makes the point that, you know, that I guess this is there's some research behind this that, that 
you know, if someone tells you to not think about pink elephants, then you're going to think about pink elephants. And it's kind of the same thing that research found with, with positive thinking, that if, if you're told do not think negative thoughts, do not, then your mind is just going to be, you're going to kind of be constantly on this hypervigilance, scanning your brain for negative thoughts. It kind of ends up having the, the um, kind of the opposite effect. It, it backfires. So, um, so, and I think that, but I also think that there's a, a part to it, which is just about different personalities. I, um, I want to talk about what's happening in the news, even if it's upsetting, Mm-hmm. Um, I I like to delve into it. Not everybody does. So there there is also the just the fact that some people do like to keep, keep things lighter and 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 um, maybe a little more upbeat, and and that's fine. But I kind of wanted to sort of stake a claim for us people who don't always want to just be looking at everything as blue skies. Well, I love the way you started by saying you don't want to open the conversation by talking about your meth addicted dad. But the mantra to be positive can make you crazy if you can't be authentic. And what you just said before is, if I just want to talk about the light things, I'm likely going to connect with someone who also doesn't want to talk more seriously or hear that, I like my job, but I'll probably shift it or I'll probably think about making a transfer. So that um, the authenticity is very important to some people. I like that you distinguish some people, yes, and some people just, they don't want to go there. One other thing you said in this section, I think every one of us should take note of, whether you're single or you're coupled or whatever, which is that, as you say, the reality is that dating is an act of outrageous vulnerability. Mm. I, I think that that's really true. I don't think people appreciate what it's like to feel like you're going to sit down and somehow be evaluated. And to get to the point where you could just accept who you are and go in there with curiosity would be a real gift. Yeah, I, I think that in, in I think for a lot of people in the rearview mirror, especially people who perhaps married younger, they they remember just dating in college, or or they kind of remember it as oh, you get dressed up and you meet somebody for a drink, and maybe somebody buys you dinner. And um, but the reality, of course, for for people who are who are doing it. It is just you're looking at this person who you've just met or very recently met, and okay, let's see if we can start a life together. It's it's just incredibly vulnerable, and and it's also serious. That's the other thing that um, I used to think about a lot is that you know we talk dating is always treated like this very light, frothy topic, as opposed to um, a basically a selection process for your life partner it's 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 um you know it's i i i'm a i'm a very strong feminist and one thing i would always notice is that like why are sports talked about so seriously they're on the news they have a part on the, they have a place on the news but ro- love and romance and and all of these these things that are so central to our lives is is treated as being trivial and, and I think a lot of it just has to do with the, that these have traditionally been things that women are interested in, so they're dismissed. I, I also think that sports are the greatest distraction from pain, disappointment, fear, and life. So they're never going to stop being on the news. Yeah. I mean, and they, you yeah. know, they, they're very, very important to people as a distraction. But, of course, they're a distraction from the very thing that we're talking about, which is 
how do you meet someone and, you know, really connect and see if something positive could happen, particularly if you want to be in a relationship. I think that's where your your discussion about online dating is so important because it used to be like, oh, I'd never go on an online date. But I think you're saying half of the people married now have met on online dating? It's something like that. When I was, uh, I mean, I wrote this book. The book was published in 2014. And so it was still um, fairly... It wasn't new at that point, and I think I, the the study that I cited was maybe from 2012, um, but it was yeah, it was a very high degree, um, half or a third, and 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 one thing I remember was that that uh, those relationships were found to be just as sturdy mm-hmm. as as when you meet somebody at work or through a friend or neighbor that there was no difference, which anybody who goes um, on an internet or a Tinder date. They actually, they, you you see that when you have a relationship that's, that begins um, from some online connection, yes, the way it starts is kind of bizarre, but um, but what but at a certain point you're both in a restaurant looking at each other and you're both just two people. That was the I remember being very struck by that when I first started doing online dating. Was just like, oh, he's he's a guy, he's not an abstraction or you know. Um, especially in in the beginning it was like oh I met a guy on the internet and that just was almost like a that was like saying I met a serial killer you know it was just like the same <laughs> right. thing you know it's just like it's just a guy it's just a guy well, <laughs> at one point you even said you think in some way you liked online dating because it means everybody's starting at ground zero everybody's there for the same reason mm-hmm. and there's a there's an instant commonality I mean because how do we find each other except through this crazy way but that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And it there there is a um, you can't really say, oh, I'm not really looking for a relationship. If you're, I mean, it, it might be different now. I don't know how it was. I was not dating in the time of Tinder, so I have heard. I I talked to a lot of women since then, and um, you know, there is certainly the the hookup aspect of uh, that that can happen. I, I'm sure it happened with both Tinder and just match.com um so i think that there can be that element of some people are just looking for a hookup but also um it's but but the medium doesn't matter in the end it's 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 who is the person at the other end of the screen that's that's what matters and once you can if you if you can find someone where you have the same priorities and and the same intentions then um and, you know, you can basically just click a box to say that that's what you're looking for. So I, I think it's it's great. I remember dating um, before um, this was available, and it was a lot harder. You had to just kind of hope that you just walked into a nice party. You, you had to – there was a lot of – and, and there was a way that, that it really felt so subject to chance because you just had to hope that you – were invited to the right party or you just happened to go to the right event or bar and it, it was it was stressful so I know that that um dating via an app has its own kind of stresses um but uh, but it, I think sometimes there is a the the people have a kind of a uh idea idealized that the time before all of this well well this fits into what you said about um, 
the idea of, oh, you just have to put it out to the universe. Mm -hmm. And you underscoring, well, how much magical thinking are we going to use here? Um, Because, you know, you start to buy into, well... As you said, how many how many hot baths with rosemary and how much um, candlelight and how much do I have to do to make this magical thing happen? Uh, I got the feeling you weren't putting that down, but you were saying maybe it's really that you both were at the uh, on the plane at the same time when it was on the tarmac for five hours. Maybe it really didn't have yeah. anything to do. <laughs> and I think that you know all of those things that you know I read a lot of books like that and. And, you know, a lot of that advice, it's not terrible advice in and of itself. I mean, it's great to um, connect with yourself and it's great to um, have, uh, you know, I, I'm all for having a spiritual practice. As I said, I I, um, I meditate every day and, and I sometimes go on, on retreats. And, and so I, you know, and I love yoga. And um, so I think... There's nothing wrong with connecting to yourself, getting in tune with your whatever you want to call the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. That's all fine. But um, it, it was the problem, I think, comes in when you're just like, well, and, and this was what happened to me was just like, hey, I'm doing all this meditating. I'm doing all this yoga. Why is this not happening? And, and this woman who's never meditated once. She just like randomly finds a guy. So I, I um that uh made me realize that to separate that kind of spiritual um practice or, or, or a sense of connecting with somebody to um to the just to, just to the, the whole idea of um um it's it's a good thing to do in and of itself, but well, it's, it's it's a problem if, if you're trying to get a direct result and and then it also can bring up some resentment. I was just like, well, wait, why are all the universe's elves and fairies blowing me off? And why, you know, why does the universe like this person better? And, and now I'm like, not only am I not finding my partner, but I'm also like off kilter spiritually too. <laughs> and, and that was kind of a drag. I, yeah, I think if it's used to add to the put downs on self for sure. And I started in line with what you're saying, it's not that these are bad things. And I almost thought, Sarah, that maybe just like a placebo effect, if I was doing a lot of those things and it made my mood and my sense of hopeless reduced or it made me feel more confident or it made me feel just seriously less anxious, then it might might be a very helpful thing. It's when you take it literally, as you say, as you yeah. did, and start to see it as an indictment that... Not only is the world against you, the universe, you know, (laughs) it it becomes a difficult one. Yeah. Um, That brings us to one of the other reasons that you put down, which is you, when they say to singles, you're just too desperate. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's interesting how you can hear in the same day, you're too independent you're too intimidating you're too picky and then you know 12 hours later someone's telling you you're too desperate or it's that was I think what really realizing I had received all of these and in my case it's not that anyone necessarily said that in such an overt and terrible way but just getting all of these different messages of um well wait which is it Am, am I too independent or am I too desperate and um, uh, there was a 
quote, I was thinking, Stephanie Coots, I was reading about, you know, the, the history of marriage. And um, I can... Um, I, I can find that quote actually that 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 she was. Uh, but I, I, I'm sorry, you were about to say something. Well, I was going to say one thing I like that you did in this section is you said, you know what, the fact that you authentically want a husband does not equate to I'm desperate. The yeah. fact that it's okay to say I'd really prefer not to live alone. Whereas someone else might say, I want to be a single. So to, to label the wish to have a husband or a partner as desperate is the first insult, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I loved when you said the reality was that many men and women you knew who, yes, may want a partner, they are not, nor do they act desperate. They will not settle for offensive or a relationship they just know does not click. And I think that's worth saying, that if somebody's single and they want a relationship but they're not with someone yet, well, maybe that really is because they are really waiting for someone who is the right person, and that doesn't equate to desperation. Yeah, it's almost it, it's almost by definition that you're not too desperate if, if you're not in a relationship. Yes. Because it's, it means that you are saying no, and if... But, but if at times you do feel lonely and a little needy, that's okay too because our society is so constructed around couples and around nuclear families that it can be very isolating. And, um, but, that's not, but that's different than it being an indictment of you. Right, right. It fits in. Um, we're going to have to take a break, but it mm-hmm. fits in with the other uh, reason that you give is which is completely different than what you've been told. You can't be desperate. And in fact, you need to be happy alone. Yes. Yes. Um, and um, it's, it's, and what I learned in my research is that loneliness is actually not a pathology. It is a natural response to, to, to not being around others. That, that it's like hunger or thirst. Well, we're going to stop. Right okay. there. Let's yes. just leave it right there. It is just like any other need. And we're going to come back and talk about it. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're here having a really interesting conversation with Sarah Eccles. She's the columnist and the author of It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons You Are Single. This is a Valentine's Day tribute to all the singles out there. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now, back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Sarah Echo, author of It's Not You, 27 Wrong Reasons, You're Single. And what she's been doing is really unwinding all the crazy-making feedback that society and social media gives us, hoping that singles might be able to embrace their own instincts, their own values, and their own sense of worth. Related to that, Sarah, we were talking about the notion of needing to be happy to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is that also, that advice that because you are, it's almost like because you want a relationship, that is used as evidence that you're not ready for a relationship. And um, and one of the things that, so so what happened, and so how it can be received is, you're, you're, you're at home alone on a Saturday night and you feel lonely or you, the weekend comes and you don't have plans or, or Valentine's Day happens and you see all the hearts and roses in the stores and you, you don't have anyone to get hearts and roses for. And you can feel this kind of pang, this just feeling of loneliness. And unfortunately, that can often be taken as evidence, people take that as evidence that there's something wrong with them, that, oh, I'm such a sad sack, I'm such a miserable sad sack, who would want me? But the reality is that loneliness is just, is, is not a pathology, it's a basic human response. As I, I mentioned before the break, like hunger or thirst, we, human beings need to be with others. We, we, de- we grew up in tribes, we develop in tribes, and um, we, our brains, our, our wiring is, is such that um, when we are too isolated, we feel, we feel, we feel it. And the, it doesn't mean that there, it's not like depression or it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a disease. It's, it's just, it's just a natural response that, that signals that you want to kind of find some people to connect with. Mm, two things that you say that <clears throat> I thought were great is one was, we don't have to treat lonely with shame. 
because everybody's lonely at certain times. As you say, it's a need. And let's remember, you don't have to be single to be lonely. You mm-hmm, can be married absolutely. for 40 years and be lonely. So um, nothing like being lonely in the middle of a family or a crowd. So it's just, as you're saying, a reality. And I think one of the things you were inviting in this particular um, chapter was once you realize that loneliness is a need and when you're walking in Central Park and there are couples all over the place or as you say it's Valentine's Day, it's an it's a natural response. Peace yeah. about it it doesn't have to define you and you don't have to add a valence to it that makes you feel even worse. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact that adding the thing, um, one thing that that I realized, and this was, uh, again, through the meditation practice, was that um, if I allowed myself to simply feel the loneliness rather than judging it, rather than making a lot of, I feel lonely, therefore I'm a loser, therefore, you know, and, and, and we, you know, we, we ha- there's, there's the original hurt, there's the loneliness, but then we lay a lot of stuff on that. As you said, we, right. we lay shame and judgment, and all that really does is just kind of compound the pain. Whereas, um, and this was, again, this is what I learned through my meditation, was that if I could simply allow myself to, to just feel what, it, what loneliness felt like in my body, and almost like I was doing a scientific experiment, to just sit, sit with the loneliness and see how it felt to just be with the loneliness without the judgment. Just, just understanding, okay, I am having a natural human response it's something everyone goes through. Hmm, what's this like? What, what do I feel? Okay, I kind of feel my chest is kind of tight. My breathing's a little bit shallow. Maybe my stomach, you know, people feel things in different places. My shoulders are hunched. And I found that when I did that, um, it number one, it kind of got rid of the all of those other layers of pain, the shame, the judgment, and all that. But it also made me feel a little bit, invincible in a way it made me feel stronger because I Mm. thought oh I don't have to run away from this I don't have to be afraid of it because really it's just a sensation it's not that bad it's just when when I brought it down to just what I was physically feeling then I just realized oh I can I can handle this and so an analogy I make a lot is with with working with this kind of stuff is it's it's kind of like going to the gym you know, you're not going to drop. You're not going to go to the gym and drop five pounds immediately. You got to go every day and do that stupid step master, <laughs> and it's a drag. It's 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 boring. It's painstaking. But after, but but gradually, there is a transformation that happens. And um, so I, I found that working with my emotions in this way, it had kind of a similar similar thing. It was as boring and tedious as doing the step mill, but it also um, had a similar kind of transformation in me. Nice. Now, another one that I found insult, I took insult to just reading it, was when people (laughs) say to singles, well, you're not in a relationship because you don't really know about love. Yeah, that one is a particularly um, um, frustrating one. And I think there's a a sense of, again, it it, it goes to... um, you are living it's this idea of a single person being so carefree and and just skimming the surface of life 
as opposed to married people who are deeper and have all these much richer experiences. And, um, and of course, but the thing is what I, as I thought about it, I realized that when I was single, I, I had, I had just the same amount kind of reserves of love that I did then, but they kind of went out into the world in a different way. I mean, now I'm in this, I'm very happy to be in this nice marriage and there is this kind of very nice little feed lap, feedback loop in my house of, of two people who love each other. But maybe I'm not extending myself as much into the world as I did. And I don't just mean like by dating. I mean just in general, um, uh, just a general sense of connection that I would have um, even, you know, going to get a sandwich at the deli or, 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 or talking to somebody in the park. It was very subtle, but I, I noticed that I can be a little more, I have to check myself to not be as closed off now that I'm married because. Well, it, it's an interesting thing because even the research will show singles stay more connected to their old friends, make more new friends, do more caregiving of friends. Um, I have a brother-in-law who has literally seen many of his friends through major illnesses in a way that I don't know if he would if he were married. Um, But he generally, we even see that they're more involved with humanitarian outreach. So, you know, the the idea that because you're single, you don't know love is incredulous. It It just doesn't make sense. The other thing is, if you think about it, if you're with a partner... Um, and you're headed to travel, generally, as you say, it's an insula feedback. But if you're alone on a long trip, um, those are the funniest kinds of trips, but often they're very eye-opening because you start talking to people mm-hmm. and sharing in a way in which you pass forward good things and they pass forward loving things to you. And it's like you have to make the effort, and actually that's a good thing. Yeah, that's so true that when when you're traveling on your own or, or just sometimes like or just sit, like sitting in a restaurant at, at, at a sometimes I, I like to sit in the restaurant at a bar and have dinner by myself. Um, and that is when you're out talking to people in the world. Um, you know, you reminded me there is a wonderful book that was just published called Hard to Love by Brialyn Hopper. Um, and she talks about a, a, a single friend. She is single, and she talks about a single friend becoming very ill. And they had a they had a care circle for her. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's a really great book on this topic. It just it it, it was just published a, a couple weeks ago. Okay, and um, called Hard to Love. Really wonderful book. Mm, it it really captures that message. So in terms of being on the other side of this now, you've lived the single life. You actually have heard from singles all over the world who have felt at times judged. There's no end to the social media piece. Um, And social media works for us and against us. It certainly does bring Mm -hmm. people together also. What kind of message would you give to our listeners out there who are single and might want to be in a relationship, but they're not in one at the moment? I think the main message would be to simply trust yourself and... um, because you are the best expert in what is best for you. And it can be hard, it can be confusing, because you know, there are these things that we want in life, and it can get frustrating when, we, when they don't happen uh, on the timeline that we want. But I think that um, 
that no one knows better than you what's right for you. And if, if I, w- I would say if listening to this, if something resonated and you thought, you know what, I think she's right. I don't think that there's anything wrong with me. I think perhaps there is something right with me that I simply have um, said no to the I have said no to the right things, or I've said no to the wrong. You know, I, I have I have made a, a wise judgment to say no in in the past. Um, I, I just just honor that, honor the things that you've done right, as opposed to focusing on trying to figure out what's wrong with you, um, because chances are you've done a, you're you're smarter than you think, and you're 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 doing more right than than wrong. And Terrific. if you do some make some mistakes, that's a, that's fine too. Terrific. It's a wonderful message. Now, how can our listeners contact you, get the book, read your essay? Um, if you go to sarahackle.com, um, there, my, you, there's a link to, to buy the book. There is another page that just says um, more writing that has a lot, uh, a lot of other essays. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. All the links are there. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that would be the, the easiest way. Okay. Sarah, I want to thank you. I know you're on the road. I want to thank you for joining us for this Valentine tribute to our singles. You really used your authentic journey and the way you have used your own, you know, core beliefs and your feelings to really let our listeners know that the most important thing to do is embrace their own instincts and to really love what's special about them as a step in really forging relationships in the future. So I really want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. It was great to talk. Okay. I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast. This will be a podcast by 6 p.m. tonight, so you can pass it out to other friends. It'll be on my host site on my website, on the Voice America website, and it'll be on the podcast app of your iPhone. It'll be on iTunes, Sketcher. Remember to drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Until next week, take care, thanks, and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be well and be listening.